Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you this morning. Our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Preparing for the new year. Sometimes the passing of Christmas Day brings a sense of relief. The stress generated from shopping in crowded stores and fighting in parking lots for a place to park and for planning for dinners and parties can now be released. You're done. Whether or not we are successful in our preparations or our endeavors as we are not as we expected, the day has passed and there's no need to worry any further. It's over. We're now ready for a nice rest from our holiday and to start reflecting on not just the past couple of days, but also in the entire last year. This is also a good time to think about the new year ahead and address the changes that we think would be helpful in our lives. It's probably better than waiting until next week when we have New Year's celebration to start thinking about, and with its own stresses of travel and parties and celebrations. This is not necessarily a suggestion to come up with New Year's resolutions right now, which some people find very helpful, but it could be thought of as a preparation for drafting those New Year's resolutions. It's a good time to sit back and reflect on the past year, the year ahead, about what has been gone has gone well and what needs to change in our lives for the, in the future. Resolutions, which inevitably involve plans of dieting and exercise, also address, and also usually address at least one bad habit, can be short-lived because of the high expectations and the drastic changes that are often required to meet those idealistic goals that we set for ourselves. This reflection is more about general thoughts and feelings that affect our attitudes and the way we interact with others. Such an assessment helps us be mindful of a, or aware of our personal thoughts and feelings that are typically things that we react to rather than we observe and ponder on. Taking the, high, the time to be mindful helps us to cultivate attitudes about how we want to live with others. This morning's passage from Colossians is a great, perfect place to start for this reflection. This letter, probably from the Apostle Paul, some people have doubts, but it's probably from the Apostle Paul, it offers practical advice on how to interact within Christian communities, and it was sent specifically to the house churches in Colossae. It's thought to have been written late in Paul's life when he was confined under house arrest in Rome. Using the metaphor of clothes, which he has used often, Paul urged the Colossians to remove the destructive behavior from their lives and put on the helpful attitudes and habits that bring people closer to God. In verse 8 of chapter 3, which is before what we read earlier, he tells them to get rid of anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language from their mouth. Now this could be easier said than done since most of these things, anger, wrath, and malice in particular, are more akin to emotions rather than simply things that happen that you can choose not to do. We can't simply decide to feel an emotion and to have them well up in us with any sense of integrity. They come to us based on the circumstances and the attitudes that are going on and that we have in our lives. 
it's generally more helpful to acknowledge the presence of our true emotions rather than to ignore them and pretend that they don't exist. Once we acknowledge our emotions or become mindful of them, we're in a better position to address them. In any case, they clearly are undesirable, and Paul suggests that we rid ourselves of them as well as the behaviors of slander and abusive language. He then continues saying, do not lie to one another, seeing that you are stripped off the old self with its practices and have clothed yourselves with the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge and according to the image of its creator. In that renewal, there is no longer Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all. In this passage, Paul makes an interesting comment about the nature of humanity. Beneath all the, the bad attitudes and behaviors that we sometimes exhibit, we are all the same. Sometimes referred to as the Imago Dei, or the image of God, there is a belief that all of us carry the image of God within us that reflects the true nature of God and beckons to be reunited with God. This image of the Creator within us has no nationality, race, social status, or even religion. It is the bare essence of God's love that cannot be polluted by the negativity of the world. But we can bury it and hide its light. Stripping ourselves of these bad attitudes while putting on the good attitudes creates a new version of ourself that lets God's light shine brightly within us through us and around us. In the next passage, which Debbie read a moment ago, Paul suggests that we clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience that will allow us to express this new version of ourselves. Again, these are not necessarily attributes that we can create for ourselves on demand. They are attitudes and feelings that require cultivation. Compassion comes from sympathizing with others. Kindness is a quality of being generous and considerate. Humility involves having a humble view of oneself. Meekness, it's a condition of being submissive. And patience is an ability to tolerate delay without getting upset. These are all things that we can't just suddenly decide to have with any depth of sincerity even if we are, we do think that they are virtues that we would like to express. Paul, however, does give us clues for helping create this new self that is one with Christ. As mentioned earlier, he tells us not to lie, slander, or use abusive language, of course. Do not act out in destructive ways that harm others or disrupt the community that we are a part of. Instead, we are to bear with one another and forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven us. Of course, forgiveness does not imply ignoring the hurt that you endure or accepting continual abuse. I think it's more about being a willing party to reconciliation that involves the offender turning away from destructive behaviors, just as God requires us to turn away from our sins when we repent. Paul goes on to encourage each, us to teach and admonish one another in wisdom and to sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs 
effectively promoting righteousness and justice and meditating on scripture. These are activities which we can choose to participate in that help cultivate the positive attitudes and behaviors that bring us closer to God. But our own efforts can only take us so far. These actions suggested by Paul, along with a sincere desire to foster a relationship with Christ, serves as an invitation to the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. This is where the real change takes place, through the Holy Spirit. By letting the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, we're allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us, inspire us, and mold us into the faithful disciples who are aware. We become more aware not only of the environment around us, but also the attitudes and feelings within us, as well as the presence of Christ around us. With the help of the Spirit, our attitudes shift, and we naturally become more compassionate, kind, humble, meek, and patient. We recognize the gifts God has given us, and with gratitude, our hearts are filled. An aversion to the destructive reactions of, or destructive actions of anger, wrath, and malice develops with us so that we can rid those selves of the things that Paul encourages us to avoid. And when we are able to live in harmony, stripped of the things that are destructive and clothed with the things that bring us closer to God, we are told that we will see that all of this is beyond, is basically bounded by love. That common foundation that serves as the premise of everything that God has done for us. It's at this point that we'll find Christ dwelling richly in our hearts. And all that we will do will be motivated by a love for Christ. I think a reflection on these teachings from Paul will help us in choosing good New Year's resolutions. Reflecting on Paul's advice to the churches in Colossae will help you decide what you want to do differently in the coming year. Perhaps there's an old wound that has damaged a relationship with someone else that you love or care about. Is there a way to address this issue and seek a path to forgiveness, whether it was for you or for someone else? Perhaps there's an injustice that you're aware of that needs to be addressed. Is admonishment for this injustice appropriate? And is there wisdom that you feel needs to be shared with someone else or with the community? And what about God's Word? When do you reflect on God's Word? Perhaps resolving to set aside some time daily to read Scripture, meditate, and pray would initiate significant positive changes in our lives. These are all actions that we can personally take to build a closer bond with Christ and would impact all of the other dimensions of our life. Although we've logically divided them ourselves into mind, body, and spirit for thousands of years, these characteristics are really deeply interrelated. Changes to one can have a dramatic effect on the others. In particular, I think, spiritual growth can have a significant Im impact on the mind and body as well. Through spiritual growth, the essence of who we are can change uh, so much it can lead to significant changes in how we think and how we act and move in the world. 
When we start thinking about with, with the mind of Christ, the worry and stress of the world, the worry and the stress that is a source of so much destruction in the body will go away. And we find ourselves acting in the world in new ways that continue to foster compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. As you start to consider resolutions for the new year, I suggest beginning with an assessment of your relationship with Christ. As you develop a plan to strengthen your bond with God, you may find some new ideas for preparing for the new year ahead. Amen.